From FCC, it's the FCC Knowledge Podcast, a show that features real Canadian producers, real stories, and real good conversation about the business of farming. I'm your host, Marty Seymour, the Director of Industry Relations at Farm Credit Canada. If you grow it, you sell it, or you add value to it, I want to know about it. Join us on our journey as we visit about everything from the economy to business planning, transition, finances, human resources, and just about anything else that keeps a farmer up at night. If you had to give yourself advice, if you said, knowing what I know today, if I was to tell my 20-year-old self something, what would you tell yourself? I would say, I know exactly what I t- tell myself. I would say, don't buy that 1987 Camaro Z28. Go buy a combine. That's exactly what I would tell myself. That is um, such a tweetable I, statement. I did not. Sorry? That is such a tweetable statement that you uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's an, an agriculture yeah, best right there. You can almost hashtag that one, right? Yes, yes. Todd Payne, co-owner of Aspidel Sheep Company, grew up on a small cow-calf farm in Norwood, Ontario. He'd always wanted to farm, but early in his career, he realized that his job in town offered reliable income compared to the size of what his family operation could offer. Like many, he and his wife Jennifer decided to focus on their careers. In 2010, Todd and Jennifer purchased the Payne family farm. Fast forward 10 years and three kids later, they recently purchased Shepherd's Choice. In this episode, we'll learn more about the Payne's business and their path to success the opportunities they seized, and the calculated risks they've taken. Today on our show, I've got with me on the line, Todd Payne. Hi, Marty. Well, all right, Todd. So I start off all these podcasts. I got a couple things I want to know. I want to know where you are right this minute and the price of land. Where I am right this minute is uh, sitting in our bedroom because that's where my phone charger is. Um, and the price of land around here, uh, good arable cropland, is about 3000 to 3500 an acre. Okay, so now where is here? You're from Ontario. Help our listeners. We got people on the line that would be from all across Canada. So uh, paint us a picture of where, where home is. Yeah, so we're uh, Middle East, Ontario. Um, we're just a stone throw off uh, Highway 7, which is actually the Trans-Canada Highway. Um, and if you were to look at a, a map kind of high level, we're about halfway between Toronto and Ottawa. Pretty rolling land around here. Uh, Norwood is a small community, about thirteen to 1,400 people. Uh, it's, it's growing rapidly. We have two elementary schools and a high school, and it's a, a wonderful little place to live. And uh, both my wife and I did uh, grow up in, in Norwood. So tell us about your farm. I, I Admittedly, I'm a Westerner. I know cows and canola, and you're in the sheep business. So tell us about this. Yeah, sheep is, sheep is certainly our number one focus now. Um, we, we did just go through a recent expansion of the farm. In, uh, in, in Just in April of this year, we took ownership of um, an operation that was named Shepherd's Choice, uh, and we now operate that as, as Aspidel Sheep Company. Shepherd's Choice wasn't just any operation. It was one of the leading genetics farms in the sheep industry and known by John and Edie Steele, Todd and Jennifer's neighbors and mentors. So our farm, uh, as of April, grew significantly. 
Um, we do cash crop as well. Um, you know, grains and oil seeds uh, certainly generate the majority of our feed for the sheep. Uh, we have about 800 breeding ewes in the flock. We have one full-time employee that has a, a residence on the farm. So the, the, the structure right now is that we are lambing, growing breeding stock as female ewes, and then finishing our own lambs for the meat market in Ontario, uh, most of which would be consumed in the GTA. We also do have uh, a couple of buyers that buy directly from us, and that's for, for the Eid time of year, for the Muslim um, Eid. Uh, that is a direct-to-consumer sale, but again, the, the truck just picks them up here, and then they go off for processing. We're trying to put 1,000 to 1,200 meat lambs out the driveway a year. So, sir, for our listeners that maybe don't have perspective on the sheep industry, and if you're saying 1,000 to 1,200 lambs a year, how does that put you in terms of size relative to the average person in Ontario that might be raising sheep? Um, well, actually, b- before we took ownership of this farm, I would say, and I, I don't, this is not a factual statement, but on a hunch, I would say it probably was the, the biggest sheep farm in Ontario as far as count, like uh, count of breeding stock, like the number of ewes on the farm. Uh, the previous owners were over 2,000 ewes in the breeding flock. Our size, 800, I mean, there's, there's more than a few uh, at this size. At the outset of this journey, Todd and Jennifer both working professionally off the farm. Uh, I did have a machine shop business, which we sort of had to uh, scale back on with the transition to the new farm. I'm a tool and die maker by trade, and I, uh, I, had, I had a wonderful job at a large multinational company. Most people would have been very content to to work that job for their career, but I, you know, the satisfaction is very different that you get from working for somebody else than you get from, you know, running your own operation. So we slowly started to work towards the point where I could step back, and uh, you know, when we finally ticked enough of those boxes, we, we made the jump and kind of haven't really looked back. In this instance, the first box that needed to be ticked off for Todd and Jennifer and their family was moving out of town, and they found an opportunity to make that happen. So if we go all the way back to 2010, we bought my parents' farm. Uh, And at that time, it was not farming at all. They they were career uh, beef cattle people. They had, you know, 15 to 25 beef cows their whole career, and and um, wasn't exactly my cup of tea. But when they decided they wanted to downsize and kind of get off the farm, you know, we hashed out the numbers and we were able to purchase the farm that I grew up on. We just like telephone farmed some crop for a couple of years. And then in, in 2012 was a very dry quite a dry year here. Uh, we had, you know, not a huge amount, but 40 to 50 acres of grain corn in. I had a custom operator in to harvest the grain corn and, and uh, just plain and simple was not happy with the job that was done. Corn was $300 a ton at the elevator and, and you know, we're picking cobs out of the field. So, I mean, that, that just, that was not acceptable. 
And I said to Jen at that point, if, you know, I've got to get a combine. I couldn't handle not having that control. Now, the pains didn't go crazy here. They bought a combine for $14,000. Of course, there were plenty that were newer, nicer, prettier, that would have worked just fine, and they would have loved to buy them. But Todd ran the numbers. And that was the practical choice based on their gross revenue at the time. Fun fact, they still run that combine today. We also bought our Hastings farm at that time as well. The Hastings farm is nicknamed for a piece of land that Todd and Jen bought that same year. 83 acres of land that came up on a sale nearby. There's no buildings on the land, so it was priced fairly affordable. But Todd and Jen inquired and learned that there was a chance that Rogers Telecommunications was going to build a cell tower on it. They tried to learn as much as they could. So we did take a calculated risk there, again, looking at opportunity. That farm had a site plan done from one of the large telecommunication companies that it was site planned for a cell tower. We knew what that would generate each year in revenue, but it wasn't a sure thing. It wasn't for sure that it was going to go ahead. We paid a little bit more for that farm than we should have. The Paynes actually ended up paying full asking price for the land. Todd guessed it was probably 20% more than they should have paid, but the information they had, he felt it was a risk worth taking. We didn't own the farm a year, and the tower was up, and basically the farm was paid for. Um, not, not instantly, but the tower was generating enough revenue to pay the mortgage on the farm. Yeah, it's, it's kind of where I grew up. That's like someone finding a gravel pit underneath your land uh, right by the RM road that needs to get built in the next couple of years. So, um, yeah, it makes, makes total sense. It just accelerated the plan, right? Because if, if we had to you know, generate the revenue to pay for that farm, we could do it, and we were willing to do it. That's why you know, it's not like if the cell tower didn't go ahead, we were going to lose the joint. It was just, man, if this does go ahead, this is going to be sweet. So in 2013, the wheels are really turning. Things were happening. The pains were for real. So 2013, 2014, 2015, we were cash cropping, small square baled hay, you know, you, you name it, kind of whatever we could do. The custom work started flowing in for round baling, combining. The machine shop business as well started growing. And all of this while holding down a, an off-farm job. Uh, so those were pretty busy times. So when I think about that, I mean, clearly at some point you had to sit down and come up with a bit of a plan or a recipe. So would would you say that in those early years as you were uh, working in town, you got things hustling at the farm, making hay here, that that was kind of just responding to whatever stimulus came, opportunity, bang, fill it? Or was all of that very deliberate on a path to somewhere? Um, in the early going, and, and even even to this day, with me, it's always about opportunity. Like I'm all, you always got to be looking for a, an opportunity to, you know, strengthen your business or, or a new market or whatever. And these things back then, it was just simply all about gross income. Growing a business, especially in agriculture, it takes, it takes so much money. It takes so much of that capital investment. You'd be very, we all know, you'd be very hard challenged to turn a true profit in the early years. I would hazard a guess to say that maybe some people never turn a profit. I don't believe my parents ever did. Not there's anything wrong with that. They, they hobby fired and that was their gig and that was fine. But in the, in, for us in the early years, it was, it was all about the opportunity and 
I wanted to see that gross income climbing north every year. That was the strategic goal. I would walk out the back door and look at that bank barn and it just drove me nuts because there was opportunity sitting there. It was just how, how do we, how do we harness it without cows? Right. So at what point did you feel you had to start to plan versus just, um, the next door opens on running through it? Is there, was there a tipping point for you in this journey? Yeah, there was. And, and when we really started the plan was when Jen and I sat down and I said, you know, gosh, these 18 hour days are getting a little bit crazy here. We need to make a plan. Uh, if we're going to stay in the farm business, we, we need to make a plan that, that I can focus on it more. Um, that was, that was somewhat driven by, again, opportunity at my previous employment. Um, I was presented with a, a contract for a, a salaried position. So, a, a, you know, a, a big step forward in that company. And that really got me, you know, we were sitting at a, a Delta or a Crossroads, whatever you want to call it, right there. Up next, Todd and Jen make a big decision about their future. Does Todd take the job offer? Don't forget, for more great conversations like this, be sure to subscribe to the FCC Knowledge Podcast and never miss an episode. We release a new conversation each month and are excited to share more stories from the people who make Canadian agriculture better. The pains were actually featured in a recent edition of FCC's Agri-Success magazine. Agri-Success is a publication dedicated to helping farmers advance their farm management practices through practical advice and real-life examples. You can subscribe to Agri Success to learn more about their unique farm transition with their neighbors and to receive four complimentary issues per year. If I had have accepted that responsibility, we would have had to scale back on the, the stuff outside, to, to be fair to my employer. As you may be guessed, Todd turned down the job offer to the great surprise of his boss but he stayed on in his current role with the company. So that was the crossroads. And that was when the plan really started to be a little more strategic and not just opportunity. It was sort of compartmentalized the business. So as you, as you started to write that plan, whether, uh, well, maybe I've obviously, I yes or no question. Did you have a written down plan? I would say no until we came to the point where we had the opportunity to purchase shepherd's choice then i mean then we I, I had to start writing stuff down i had to my my brain couldn't hold anymore but the plan was getting complicated enough and more players coming into it that yeah we had to start writing stuff down and sort of projecting where what we can do and what we think we can do so so now you're, you're starting to write stuff down because you basically have got a critical mass where, where there's more to lose, there's more moving parts. We got to start to write this stuff down. And did you, yeah. um, did you, chase, did you chase the business elements that uh, you loved in terms of, was it the emotion that I enjoyed sheep? That's what we're going to do versus something else. Or did you chase the, the net revenue or the, in your terms, you use gross revenue. Did you chase that revenue line or the, the passion line? Profit, totally. It's not that I, I enjoy all of it. I, I, I do. I, like I have the best job in the world. I, 
like all farmers say that, right? But I, I do enjoy all of it. Um, but I chose, like we expanded in sheep because they were the most profitable. Sheep also solved Todd's empty barn issue. Remember that empty barn that was bothering Todd? I would walk out the back door and look at that tank barn and it just drove me nuts. When they chose to decline the job offer from his company, Todd and Jen had picked their lane and Todd started seeking out opportunities. He looked around and asked himself, who's doing well out there? That's when he saw his neighbors, the Steels, who owned Shepherd's Choice. He could tell it was a successful operation. He was busy. They had stuff. Todd wasn't hankering to be a sheep farmer, but he thought it'd be a good fit for their business. In 2015, the Paynes bought their first 50 sheep and steals into the repurposed dairy barn. Then they bought another 50 sheep in 2016. So, so along your journey now, you're, you're getting a little bigger, you got a little momentum, you're going to work from home. Did your plan ever take a left turn? I, I, can't, I can't say that there's been any like sort of major curveball. I guess we keep the plan fluid enough and dynamic enough that you know, even when you're writing everything down and, and, and you know, you're trying to to stick to a plan, I guess you can you can cause yourself more grief by being totally rigid and unflexible um, than it is to, you know, stay a little more dynamic and deal with, uh, like, anomalies as they come. Because then if you, if you can be a little more flexible, then that little bump in the road doesn't turn into the big left turn. For Todd and Jen, sheep had to prove themselves. Todd continued to work off-farm until their third child was born, and then he took an unpaid parental leave. This was the family's low-risk kick at the can to see how the sheep were going to work out. It was their chance to function with just farm income and Jen's income for a while with the safety net of a job that Todd could go back to. You know, I, I guess I am interested in the entrepreneur's journey as well, and, and uh, it's not always an easy road. And so if you think about in those early days as you were trying to scale up, you know, outside of being so busy or 18 hour days, what do you think was the hard part? So, yeah, it, this is just a small town, right? And, and I, I got to think it's not a lot different than a lot of small towns in, in Canada. And, uh, it annoys me that I, I kind of worry about or think about what other people may, what their perception may be of what we're doing. And, uh, you know, I see the coffee shop guys drive by slowly to see, well, what's he doing today? You know, kind of thing. And I guess the the hard thing for me is to try to close that out and, and know that, you know, I know we're doing it right. And I know we're doing it right for us. Well, I, I don't think that's uh, a unique experience for a lot of people in, uh, uh, you know, small business that are trying to carve their own path and the neighbors are judging agriculture as many stories and examples of that. And so yeah, never let, I, I would, I would agree with that. Yes. Yeah. Don't let yeah. coffee row hold you back from, from innovating. That's, that's what our industry needs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you had to give yourself advice, if you said, knowing what I know today, if I was to tell my 20 year old self something, what would you tell yourself? I would say, I know exactly what I t- tell myself. I would say, don't buy that 1987 Camaro Z28. Go buy a combine. That's exactly what I would tell myself. That is um, such a tweetable I, statement. I did not, sorry? That is such a tweetable statement that you, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's an, an agriculture yeah. best right there. You can almost hashtag that one, right? Yes, yes. 
Todd did eventually retire from his off-farm gig and went full-time farming about three years ago, shortly after returning from his unpaid leave. If you fast forward your family model and the kids say, hey, we're going to continue on with our careers and not farm, um, mm-hmm. do, you guys, do you and your wife have that emotional attachment to that first quarter, that, that home farm that, uh, from your parents? I can answer that very quickly. Uh, we, we sold my parents' farm to buy our new farm uh, because it was, it was bigger, significantly bigger, significantly better set up for the sheep business. It's on a quieter road. It was a nicer house. It was everything better. There was very little emotion came into that because if you can stay out of that trench and look at the facts that are presented to you, it's a slam dunk. I don't see why bricks and mortar become a, an emotional attachment. Oh, that's, that's a great point. And it's a good philosophy to look at this, uh, you know, look at your business like a business and, uh, and drive your strategy around um, that centralized theme around your core values. And so bravo to you for sticking to that. And so maybe, you know, as we wrap up to sort of this entire interview here, what's next for you and Jen and the kids? Like, where do, where's the future? What's it look like? Really, the, we're going to spend the next three years um, sort of making this farm work the way we want it to work. Um, this is a very good setup. There is uh, to chase the opportunity of these Eid market lambs. Um, Eid is not a specific date each year. Uh, it continues to move 10 days earlier every calendar year. So we had lambs out the driveway this year on July 30th. Uh, next year, they'll go out the driveway on July 20th. Um, this farm for several years now has been a, a a spring lambing farm once a year, annual lambing, not totally our cup of tea. So we, we do sort of tend to do that, that barn lambing where we're tracking everything, but we got to keep moving it earlier if we want to catch the opportunity um, of this seed market. So we're modifying and building some infrastructure that we can bring that lambing into a colder season. That is certainly very high on the strategic plan right now. Beyond that, I mean, Make more money than you spend, right? Yeah, no, that's great advice. That reminds me of a great line my dad gave to me once about make more money than you spend. Um, you know, his his point to me was you actually don't need to make more money. You should stop spending so much was his advice to me. Yeah, well, my my dad still can't really quite get his head around what, we've, what we're doing and what we've done. I would say, though, don't miss out on opportunity because you think you can't bankroll it if that if that is genuine opportunity you need to talk to somebody and 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 make that happen but don't spend less and miss opportunity and and the 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 specific example i'll use is if we just continued here in on a once a year lambing that started in april um next year we might have 120 lambs go out the driveway for e the year after that might be 50 Year after that, nothing. So don't don't miss opportunity because you're not willing to. I'm not going to use the term spend. I'm going to use the term invest. That's really good advice. And so, how do I de-risk that investment? You know, is there things you've learned along the way that can do that? Because clearly, every decision has its pros and cons. Ooh, that's a yeah, that's a big one. Um, yeah, farming is all about risk management. It doesn't matter what. Um, maybe business in general is um, I'm, I'm not sure I can 
bit of an answer out for you kind of on the spot right here about how to de-risk it. Um, well, I, so if I could paraphrase what I, what I, what you're living is you're doing your homework. It sounds to me like when you're making these decisions and you're investing in the ethnic market for lamb sales is you're, you're thinking ahead three years of when's the holiday date. Uh, you're doing your homework on land, some of the deals in the area, like this, this doing your homework up front is a great way to de-risk. And I think a lot of us just don't think in that simplistic term. We tend to think there's some magic formula or some phone call we make that, that makes that go away. And um, I just think, Todd, I think you're living it through your behaviors this way. Yeah, I, I, I guess you're possibly right. There's certainly risk in everything we do. There was risk with buying the farm and quitting my job and everything. But there's risk when you swing your legs out of bed in the morning too, I guess. So, Todd, I want to thank you for joining us today. I think you've got some great principles in terms of forward thinking and thinking out three years and try to build your plan around that and then staying fluid to that plan. Um, that sometimes writing our strategy, our vision down on a book doesn't always play out that way. So uh, I think you have lots to be proud of. And so uh, thanks for joining us today on the FCC Knowledge Podcast. Well, thanks, Marty. It was fun. Appreciate it. Uh, any other closing thoughts, Todd? No, not really. I, 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 I got to tell you, I kind of, I feel weird people asking me to give people advice because I still feel like I'm too young or too inexperienced to give advice out there. And I do, I, when I can step out and look at what we've done at a high level, I, I do see that we've probably tracked pretty quickly into this and done not so bad of a job. But I still, I feel weird giving advice. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I know how you feel on that. I think that's, that speaks to your humility. But I, I think, you know, as, imagine yourself listening to someone else doing this, offering up some content and ideas. I think the farm community is thirsty for that. And so you might use the word advice or just simply sharing your experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those are interchangeable to me. And so so uh, I'm giving you permission today that you're allowed to call this advice and go to the coffee shop tomorrow and say, you've just pounded out a whole bunch of really good advice on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, shockingly enough, I don't go to the coffee shop. <laughs> I make my own coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to get ahead of the rumors around town, you got to participate in them. That's the that's the one core value. Well, there you go. Hey, I guess actually, I guess there's where I'm dropping the ball right there. <laughs> the Payne's Farm business journey is far from over. Most recently, they've been settling into their new home and their new operation and getting their feet under themselves for the next new exciting adventure. Today, we learned about the importance of an opportunity of capitalizing on it. Todd and Jen recognized opportunity when it came their way. Even better, they believed in the importance of investing in those opportunities. It wasn't just about trusting their God or pursuing every chance that came along. As an opportunity arose, they worked to reduce the risk by equipping themselves with as much information as possible. There's always risk, risk in everything we do. But by doing their homework about the land available for sale or the markets they wanted to pursue, the pains could take calculated risks that move their business forward and help them drive their growth. Todd and Jen also know the value of a plan and continue to balance that with their ability to be flexible. They understood what they were aiming for, increased gross revenue year over year. But they were always open on how they got there. They diversified and expanded with sheep because it worked for them. It worked for their business. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to the FCC Knowledge Podcast to catch future conversations with producers like Todd from various parts of Canada. 
If you're looking for more resources to help you run a better farm business, check out fcc.ca slash knowledge. There's an entire section on strategy and planning and various resources on starting and expanding a business. Check out the FCC Knowledge Podcast episode coming your way. Before we go, if you like what you heard here today, tell a friend, give us a like, and subscribe to our channel so you don't miss out on any more interesting stories from producers all across Canada. Join us as we continue to highlight the real experience of farm business entrepreneurs and the lessons we can learn and apply to our own lives and operations. If you're looking for more resources to help you run a better business, check out fcc.ca slash knowledge.